Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Right now in the name of Jesus. Pain go in Jesus name. I command swelling in our bodies to go right now in the name of Jesus. I command every sickness and every disease that's trying to inhabit our bodies to go right now in the name of Jesus. I command arthritis to go in the name of Jesus. I command migraines, allergies, cold viruses to go right now in the name of Jesus. You have no right here in Jesus' name. Leave right now in the name of Jesus. I command every tissue, every organ, every cell, every gland, every vital sign, every muscle, every tendon, every bone, every joint, every organ in our body to function. The way God has created it to function right now in the name of Jesus. I command deaf ears to hear. I command blind eyes to see. I command right now tumors and growths to disappear in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you right now that people are getting up out of their wheelchairs. We thank you right now that Thomas and Gross are leaving in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now that every disease is going in Jesus' name and not returning in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you that you are the great physician. We thank you that you are the heart surgeon in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that we have the mind of Christ in the name of Jesus. Let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. And I thank you, God, for your blessings, God. For you have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I command those blessings right now in the name of Jesus. I command strength to our bodies in Jesus' name. For you give power to the faint, to them that have no might. You increase strength on today. I command favor in this room on today. For the favor of the Lord surrounds us like a shield on today. I command peace in this room on today. Peace be still in the name of Jesus. Great is our peace because we are taught of the Lord. God, I thank you on today that we're walking by faith and not by sight on today. I command that every need in this house is met in the name of Jesus. For you said you shall supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we thank you, God. We thank you, God, that we can have what we say. We thank you that it's already ours. It already belongs to us. So we can command it in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that your angels are at work right now. In the name of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you, God. We thank you, God, that we are protected, God. 
We thank you, God, because you said no evil shall befall us. Neither shall any plague come now our dwelling. For you have given your angels charge over us to keep us, to guard us in all of our ways. So we thank you and we praise you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, God, as I open my mouth to teach your people, I thank you that you have already filled it. And I thank you that I have been, we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live. But it is Christ who lives on the inside of us. And for all of that, God, we give you glory. We give you honor. And we give you praise. Amen, amen, amen. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, won't he do it? Have he not done it? If you know he's done it for you, give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to know today that the wait is over. The wait has been over. When you know what God has already done, what are you waiting for? We should be thanking God. We should be glorifying God for what he has already done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to open your Bibles at Matthew 28. But I want to say this. I believe a lot of people during the new year make new year resolutions. You know, I'm going to lose this amount of weight. I'm going to have a husband in this year. I'm going to have a job that pays me more than I'm getting paid now. You know, you make these new year resolutions. I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm going to come to church more. I'm going to be debt free. We, we do all these I'm gonna. We do all these make these commitments. And, you know, we're waiting on a new thing from God. I'm here to tell you it's not going to be a new thing. God has already done everything that he's going to do. There's nothing new under the sun. Anything someone tell you should coincide with what God has already said. If it's not coinciding or agreeing with what God already said, don't even take that as a word from the Lord. And some people be waiting on things. Am I going to get a new car? Am I going to get a new house? Am I going to get that loan? Prophesy, prophesy. But we should know who we are. And we should know what we already have instead of waiting on somebody to tell us something new. So today, I want to talk about this familiar passage. Go with me to Matthew 28. And I want to begin at verse 18. God is bringing something in the house that's not new but reminding us. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority, King James may say all power, has been given to me in, the, in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Your Bible, King James may say teach. That teach there means disciples. This is why you got to look up words in the Greek to know the difference. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of age. Amen. You may be seated. What God want me to teach on is 
Where are my disciples? Where are my disciples? And we have to really understand what a disciple is. And some of us may think that we are being disciples of Jesus. But we're going to go through the scriptures and prove that some of us are not doing what we need to be doing. Because if we're doing what we need to be doing, people would see who we really are. If we're doing what we need to be doing, people will see who we really are. First of all, a disciple is a follower and learner, a pupil of Jesus. That means that you're following him, you're doing what he does. When you follow somebody, you do what they do. do. You learn from them. So we're learning from who? From Jesus. So a disciple is a follower and a learner of Jesus Christ. And I want to say, we don't make converts. The Bible didn't say go make converts. A convert is just someone that has accepted Jesus Christ, but that's it. That's it. That's all they did. That's all they did was accept Jesus Christ and they're uh, saved, but they're just saying, I'm missing hell, and that's just the end of it. They're not doing what the word of God is telling them to do. They're not living a life that they should be living according to Jesus. I'm going to say it again. A convert is just a believer that has gotten saved and has stopped right there. That's not what the word says. It did not say make converts. Go back in your Bible. It said make disciples. It did not say make converts. It said make disciples if you go through the word of God when you go through the new testament you see starting from Jesus it was disciples it was not converts Jesus did not just stop at uh, telling people that by accepting them they could be saved Jesus demonstrated the kingdom that's what a disciple is supposed to do so the first thing that he said was all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth he said, all authority. And it means that we're back in the Garden of Eden. See, we always go back in Genesis. God want his people to know who they really are. And some of these things that I'm teaching, God adds to them. But he brings them back because God allow his pastors. He allow the ones that he has called to be over the sheep to bring back into the house where people will know where they are. Where people will know where they're not. So he said, all authority, all power has been given unto me for heaven and for earth. Why would Jesus say that? We don't just read the word of God without understanding why he says what he says. We just don't take the word of God for what we think is saying. We take the word of God for what is saying through the spirit to us. This is why we need illumination. This is why we need revelation. The word need to be revealed because the word is hidden. And God is only going to open up the word unto those that have accepted him. It's considered a hidden mystery, but not to us anymore. So this is why we have to spend time in the word and just don't take a scripture and run with that scripture. And do not know what that scripture is saying because you're going to put error out there. There's a spirit of error and there's a spirit of truth. But if you don't know the truth, you will fall into error. You will fall into anything. We get so excited because we think we have found something. But if it has not been given to you by the spirit, then you don't need to be spreading this because you're going to spread error. And that's what the enemy wants. 
So he said all authority. Why was Jesus saying this? Y'all know back in the beginning what happened. God gave Adam that one command. Don't eat from what? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat from that tree, you will surely die. God gave him a command. He said, don't eat from that tree. Everything in this garden, every tree that's in the midst of this garden, you may eat from. But this tree, don't eat from that tree because you shall surely die. The death was not a physical death. It was a spiritual death. It was not a physical death. It was a spiritual death. That means the life of God was going to depart from them. That's what that spiritual death was. So we see that they did what? They ate from that tree. Why did they eat from that tree? Because the devil was waiting. He's always waiting for an opportunity, y'all. I don't care how long you've been saved. The devil is going to wait for an opportunity in your life to watch over you. This is why we have familiar spirits to find out your weaknesses, to find out the areas you're weak in. And those are the areas that the enemy come and pounce on you with. So whatever weakness you have in your life, the enemy is going to use that weakness against you. And all of us in this room, I believe we have some weaknesses. And if we don't deal with those weaknesses, those weaknesses will deal with us. So the enemy was watching and what did he do? He took Eve's focus off of what God said and put her focus on what he was saying. Come on, how many of us in this room? God has given us a word and we have to know that God's word is true. God is not going to change his mind. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He changed not. We may change, but God is not going to change. Whatever is written is what's written and is not going to be changed. I don't care what you do. God is not going to change it. It is written. So this is what the enemy done. He put her eyes on the tree that God told her not to eat from. She took from that tree because we know it was the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. So he gave focus. She gave focus to the tree. She ate from the tree. She gave some to her husband. And sin did what? Sin entered the world. Sin came in through one man. Some of us wasn't even born then. But because of that one man's sin, all of us was in Adam, even though you were not born. This is why, what did David say? I was conceived in sin, shaped in iniquity. Iniquity. He knew that even before he entered the world, even before David was thought about, he was already in Adam. Even before your children, you or your grandparents or anybody was thought about, they were in Adam. So when we come... When we got born, we were in sin. So sin had to be dealt with. And we know God had a way of dealing with sin. So what happened, the, the authority that God had given man to rule and reign over the earth. Remember Genesis 1, and 27. He said, I'm giving you dominion. I'm giving you right to rule over the earth. The heavens and the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. Satan knew that. He knew God was not going to give him a right to reign and rule. So what did he do? He said, okay, you're not going to give me that right, but I'm going to take that right from man. See how slick he is? See how cunning he is? He got thrown out of heaven. He was Lucifer. Lucifer was one that could make music. Music came through him. It was beauty coming through Lucifer. But he wanted what God had. And he should have had better sense to know you cannot have God's throne. 
you cannot take God's place. So God threw him out of heaven. So he said, okay, if you won't give it to me, I'm going to take it from the ones that you have given it to. And he knew how to do it. He used part of God's creation, which was that serpent. He came through that serpent and a serpent was, it wasn't a bad thing. But he used that serpent to get what he wanted. So let me tell you this on the day. I don't care how saved you are. The devil will use you to hurt somebody else. I'm going to say it again. I don't care how saved you are. The devil will use you to hurt somebody else and even hurt the ones you say you love. Come on, somebody. The devil will use husband and wives to come against each other. The devil will use, um, what, children to come against It's in the Bible. He will use whomever he choose to use and whoever want to be used. So we know that sin had to be dealt with. And this is the thing that Satan did. He got authority over what? The earth. He was the God of this world. This is why the Bible says that the God of this world have blinded what? The minds of the unbelievers, keeping them from believing this glorious gospel so the light of God cannot shine through in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. So look what he did. He blinded the eyes of those through deception, through taking the truth and twisting the truth and turning the truth. So we see that he had to be dealt with. Remember when Jesus was tempted, he told him, how do we know that he had the right to rule and reign over the earth? Because he said, all of this have been given to me. All of this have been given to me. So Jesus had to take back the keys of hell and death. And the only way that Jesus could take back those keys was to die and do away with sin. So the Bible says in Revelation that Jesus took back the keys of hell and death. This is why Jesus said all authority, all power has been given unto me to rule and reign over heaven. Oh, y'all better get this over heaven and over the earth. He said all authority, all power has been given. See, Jesus knew his right. He knew his place. And we as born again believers have to know our place in the kingdom. We have to know what we have a right to do and what we don't have a right to do. Because if it don't line up with God's way of doing things, you're not doing nothing. That's flesh. That's not God. So we have to come into alignment with him. And this is what Jesus was doing. So Jesus was giving them this great commission. And he was giving them this great commission because Jesus had done everything that he needed to do that the father would have Jesus to do. So because Jesus had this authority, Jesus was giving them, he was giving us the right to go out and preach and to proclaim. Now I'm going to say this. He said, go ye therefore. This is a command. I get so tired of these theologians. The ones that has been through cemetery school. I'm not going to say the other word because I call it cemetery school. When you are not lining up with what God is saying. You going on what man is saying. He said, go ye therefore and make disciples. He did not tell the pastor to go ye therefore. He told all of us. All of us can preach, proclaim. I want to say that again. If you're waiting on this new year to be ordained by man. 
to go ye therefore, you are out of line with scripture. All of us can preach, proclaim. Preach means to proclaim. All of us can go. Go ye therefore. He wasn't only talking to these apostles. Go ye therefore and make disciples. Now he was telling believers, the ones that have accepted him that were already disciples, that was already discipling. He said, go ye therefore. You have some people saying, well, you can't do this. You can't minister to people, not unless you get a license. And that license got to say minister. Where is that in the word? When he, when he gave all of us the great commission. Now there is the fivefold, but he's telling all of, all of us that are born again, our disciples, why are you waiting on a piece of paper for a title to go do something that he told you to do? No, we're going to start out this new year, right? We're going to make some people mad, but we're going to start out right. We're going to start out the way God say do things, not the way people think that things should be done. Just because you know the Bible from the front to the back, from the back to the front, that don't mean you're a part of no fivefold. If you can't be a disciple first, you out of line. How can somebody put you behind a pulpit and you don't even know what a disciple is? You don't even know how to disciple. The problem is the enemy got people so pride up. I'm going to say pride up. Pride up. Full of pride. That they think if they can't be these titles in the church, they're nothing. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Go ye therefore and make disciples. But we're going to back up a little bit because what you got to understand is Jesus is not going to going to send anybody that's unlearned, undisciplined, that has not been a pupil, that has not been a follower of Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm a hit today because there's some people that want to do some things that can't even show up in church. It's some people that want to do some things. They don't even come to Bible study. It's some people that want to do some things that want a title, but do not want to participate in being taught. Drop a um, penny and see if you hear it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If I don't get no amens, it's all right. I don't need praises from man. Long as I'm pleasing my father, it's okay. Because people need to know what the word is saying and line up with the word. When you line up with the word, you're going to see results from the word. You cannot just go in the word and pull a scripture and think you're going to get something from it when you don't spend time with the word. Go ye therefore. So Jesus was not just sending them without being taught. Let's back up to Matthew 4. Thank God for the new year. Matthew, we're going to go back to Matthew and we're going to talk about, look what God had to do even with Jesus. 
God had to have a virgin to bring forth his son. This virgin was a virgin that had not been with a man. She was espoused. She was betrothed to Joseph. Let me help y'all to understand that. I went over this when? Christmas. So God is bringing it all back together. So they had not been together. What does it mean to not be together? It means to not come together sexually. That means that man was a virgin. That woman was a virgin. So God chose Mary to carry his son. Oh, come on. Just like God chose us. He accepted us in his beloved. He forgave us. He adopted us. Oh, come on. He redeemed us. He reconciled us. And it was outside of us. That's because of his grace and because of his mercy. Lord knows it was sufficient for me. I don't know about you, but I get new mercies every morning. And I give God for those glory for those new mercies because we mess up all the time. Ain't a soul in this place that can't say you don't miss it sometimes. If I say I don't miss it, I am lying. If I say I don't get mad, I am lying. If I say I don't gossip a little, I am lying. If I say I haven't told a little lie, I am lying. But thank God for the Holy Spirit who checks me to let me know what you said was not the truth. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm, oh, come on, somebody. When you know him, you can get it right. Don't let nobody... Come on, y'all. Don't let nobody fool you who's behind the pulpit. The thing is, when they mess up and they get it right, you know who they belong to. But when they mess up and try to cover it up, you don't need to be under that. We got too many covers up, people covering up stuff. And they cover it up and cover it up and cover it up and think they got it covered up and it's all out and open. Your sin will find you out. Whatever's in darkness is going to come to light. Whatever's hidden is going to be revealed. I don't care if it was umpteen years ago, as the old people said, it happened umpteen years ago. It's going to come out and it's going to bite you in the butt. And it's going to leave a big bite. Don't think you hide nothing from your spouse because it's coming out. Don't think you got away with it because it's coming out. What's that song? I'm coming out. I want the whole, whole world to know. I'm coming out. Y'all better catch these prophecies. Come on, it's a new year. Prophesy and prop- catch it. Hmm. So Jesus, we know that he was born of a virgin. And we know that Mary had to accept what Jesus was doing. She heard a word from him. So she had to accept that word. And we know what she said. How can this be? I have not been with the man. And then he told her how the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost was going to come in, come upon her and overshadow her. And then she was going to conceive that son. Amen. So we know that she conceived Jesus in her womb. He told her what Jesus would do. He already talked to Joseph. When God talks to one spouse, he's going to talk to the other because he's not going to divide a house. God ain't going to have no division in a house. A divided house can't stand. So come in this new year, couples, married couples, you need to get your house in order. 
house. You need to quit lying to one another and act like everything is okay when it ain't okay. Acting like we're going to do better this year and know you lying. Hmm. You don't even have to say preach. So we see what he was saying. We know that Mary had the baby. She delivered that baby. But one thing we got to understand is Jesus was not born of corruptible seed. He was born of incorruptible seed, which was the word of God, which what endures and abides forever, which we were born of what incorruptible seed. So we see that when Jesus came forth, the enemy wanted to kill him. Why? Because that seed that was coming forth was going to give what? Life. The devil is not about life. He's about death. So we know that Jesus was raised up in a a family with Mary and Joseph. And then the Bible says that after Jesus was born, Joseph came together with Mary. He couldn't even touch Mary because of that piercing. Y'all better read the word. So... We know that Jesus came forth. He was raised up and they lost Jesus. They was looking for Jesus. I believe that's in the book of Luke. They was looking for him and y'all, they couldn't find him. And then when they found him, he said, you should have known. He was in the temple. He was listening to them. And he was asking questions and they were so amazed at his understanding. So Jesus was in the temple. He was listening. He was at, did that give you a hint? Jesus was in the temple. He was listening. Jesus was in the temple. He was listening and asking questions. You just don't get saved without going into the house of the Lord. You need to be around spirit filled people. You need to be around people that know the word of God. That's teaching the word of God. That's being a learner. So Jesus was in that temple, and when they found him, he said, you should have known I was about my father's business. What was Jesus saying? He said, you should have known that I was in my father's house. That's what that means. You should have known I was in my father's house. So then we know that Jesus was raised up. But guess what was happening, y'all? God was using Jesus as a mere man, and he was using Jesus for us to um, him as an example to show us how things should be. So what did Jesus have to do? We know that John the Baptist, he came and prepared the way for what? For Jesus. But then when he met Jesus, Jesus was asked in John to do what? To baptize him. And John said, this should not be. You should be baptizing me. Jesus said, no, all righteousness have to be fulfilled. See how Jesus was doing what his father would have him to do? He was not going outside of his father because of man. And I want to say, how many of y'all are going outside of God because of man? How many are listening to man and not listening to God? Jesus did not let John the Baptist change the way that God will want things to be done. He done it exactly the way God wanted to be done. So we see what happened to Jesus. Jesus had to be baptized. Remember, it talks about that in the Great Commission, about being baptized, about going up under the water, about coming up out of the water. But Jesus' baptism was two in one. It was baptism showing his death, his burial, his resurrection, but it was also the power of God coming upon him, and he was being filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, with the power. Jesus could not start his ministry 
until he did what the father wanted him to do. He had to be baptized under the water. He had to come out as what? A new creation. And the power of God come upon him. So this is what Jesus had to do. This is what we have to do. Some people say, oh, I don't need no power. I don't need no baptism and no Holy Spirit. I'm born again. You're a convert. You're just a convert. You're not living like Jesus lived. You're just a convert. You're just waiting to die so you can go to heaven. That's just, that's just it. Is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing, but that's not what God intended it for it to be. So we looked at Jesus. So Jesus, he um, got baptized. And after he got baptized, the word of God tells me that Jesus began to be tempted. Oh, my goodness. Look at chapter 4 of Matthew. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. It's one, um, I think Luke says that he was led up um, in power. This is why I said we have to follow the word and we have to follow scripture because Luke was saying something different from Matthew, but they was actually saying the same thing. He just went into more detail. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what Luke said in four. Returned from the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Y'all come on now. This man, after he was filled, after the power of God come upon him, that's when he went into in the wilderness. Some of us are going in a wilderness with no power. Some of us are trying to do things without the power of God. You cannot do nothing without the power of God. Jesus had to have the power to be upon him. He had to be filled with the power. Not only having the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit as a seal to identify you as being part of the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit baptized you into the body of Christ. But then you got to have the power of God to come upon you to do the service, to do the work of God. You cannot go out there and do what Jesus done without the power coming upon you. That power represent the gifts of the Spirit. When you first get saved, you have the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, the fruit. Are, are we bearing that fruit that we need to bear? <laughs> are bringing forth that fruit. So we see that. Jesus had it. So then he went in the wilderness with filled with this power. He was tempted, y'all. The devil tempted him, but Jesus always came back. It is written. He knew what was written. This is the only way he can get through those temp. Jesus knew what was written. This is the only way he can get through those temptations. If you don't know what's written, you're not going to get through these temptations. You're not going to get through what the enemy is throwing at you if you don't know what the word is saying. He kept saying, it is written, Satan. He said, if you are the son of God, Jesus said, I don't have to prove to you who I am. Because if I know who I am, quit proving yourself. Quit trying to prove you're part of a fivefold. Quit trying to prove that you're a singer. Quit trying to prove that you this, that, or the other. Just do what the word tells you to do and you are right. Quit trying to prove yourself. Quit trying to get people to see you. It ain't about you. It's about who you are. Now that you're in Christ, get, quit trying to get people to say, I know what the words say. You don't know, but I know that's pride. Where pride is, 
So we see that Jesus wasn't trying to prove himself. He just spoke the word. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So each time Satan came at him, he came back with the word of God. Come on, this man was hungry, y'all. This why this is this tells me that when you on a fast for the Lord, yeah, you hungry. But doing that fast, you denying that flesh. You're not going on that fast to get nothing from God because you should already know you have everything you need for God. But you're going on that fast to say, flesh, I'm going to shut you up. I'm going to shut you up and I'm going to be um, in my word and I'm going to let that word um, allow me to do what God has called me to do. And this is what Jesus done. But it was for 40 days and for 40 nights. Jesus done it and he was hungry. So that was a week point in Jesus life how many when you're hungry you feel weak you feel faint you feel like you want to fuss some no cuss somebody out because some people love food so much they say don't mess with me till I get my belly full don't say nothing till I get a bite to eat this is funny y'all my husband know where I'm going but my husband wasn't that type of person when he needed some food <laughs> we was in the mall and me and Ariel was walking around in the mall, and we said, now, I said, well, where's my husband? We was wondering where he was. I don't know if Jeremy was with us. I don't even remember. But we was looking for him, and finally I called him, and he said, I had to go to the food court. <laughs> I said, what you doing at the food My hands were shaking so much. I had to get some food in me. I said, carry on. We laughed at him so hard. I'm making a point here. How many of us, when we are hungry, or when our flesh is craving something, we get angry? I'm just going to stop right there. Them some weak areas in our life, right, Joe? I'm picking on Joe. Those are some weak areas in our life, and we don't want nobody to mess with us until we can fuel up. Then we'll be all right. Now I can talk to you because you're, you're shaking. You're going through some transitions because you're hungry. But somebody that has disciplined their body, they can wait you out. But they can only wait you out to a certain point because their body's on, only been disciplined to three. <laughs> or their body's only been disciplined to six. I'm going somewhere and I'm going to keep on going. It's only been disciplined to six. But when it comes six o'clock and I haven't eaten, don't you ask me nothing. But Jesus done this for 40 days and 40 nights. Come on, he was ready. Come on, devil. Come on with your best shot. I done went 40 days. 40 mean testing. 40 mean trial. So bring them on because I'm ready for you. Jesus knew what his body needed. Now, some of us would try to be like Jesus and fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Just call Bobby Dunn. Call Vanessa and just go ahead and go home to be with Jesus because you know you ain't going to make it because that's not you. That's Jesus. So quit saying, church, we're going to go on a 40-day fast. You go by yourself. God ain't told me to go on no 40-day fast. Some people can't make it past one. Some people can't make it past 30 seconds, 30 minutes because their brain and their belly is connected. So we see what Jesus done. 
Jesus was being tempted. But Jesus, guess what he did? He passed that temptation. And after he passed it, it said in the word, then the devil left him and behold, an angel came and ministered to him. But then in Luke, I believe it says that the devil left him for a season until another opportune time. Do y'all think the devil going to leave you alone? He's not going to leave you alone. And, and I got something to tell you. Once the devil gets you programmed, he has left you alone. The devil, you blaming it on the devil, but he just programmed you so he don't have to babysit you. He can't be like God. He's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. He just built a fortress in your mind, a stronghold. So guess what? He done his job from the time you was in the womb until the time that you grew up. He already done his job. That's how the devil worked. He's not God. So the devil had to build his fortress while you was in the womb. And throughout your childhood, he built it up in your mind. He had to do it that way because he couldn't do it like God. He couldn't be everywhere like God could be. So we see that after that temptation, check this out, y'all. Then Jesus' ministry began. Some of us want to start ministries and can't endure temptation. Some of us want to start preaching and teaching and haven't grown up yet. We're mere children. And I'm going to go there and say how we mere children. Some of us don't want to be tested. Do y'all think that for 22 years... I have been in ministry and have not been tested. Do y'all think before I got behind this pulpit, I have not been tested before God put me behind the pulpit? And still behind the pulpit, do y'all think I don't have tests and I don't have trials? I don't go through, maybe I don't show what's going on in my life. But come on, y'all, the higher you go, the higher the um, level, the higher the devil. Because what he do when you climbing up Jacob's ladder, he's going to try to snatch you back down. And you got to make sure that you have the word as your solid foundation. So don't think there wasn't no pulling and tugging in my life to get where I am. Don't think there's no pulling and tugging even right now to stay in the position that I am. The devil used whomever he chose to use to get to the leader. Because if he cut off the head, he cuts off the body. You can't cut Jesus off because he's over the body. He's over the head. But the one he put in place, if he get the head. Y'all ever seen a chicken? And the ring off that neck, where that body going? Don't know where to go. Everything done cut off. See, the enemy knows. And he used some of y'all to do it. Yes, sir. He does. And some of you, you're not even aware of what you're doing. Why? Because when you do it so long, it seemed like it's right. It seemed like it's God's way of doing Because you found a scripture to line up with the lie. Didn't the devil find one in here when he said. 
Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands, they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against the stone. He was coming out of Psalms 91, but God ain't no murderer. And he ain't going to tell you to murder yourself. But it sounds like scripture. People can quote a scripture to you that sounds like scripture, but it's a lie behind it. You better know the difference and you better be on in the spirit on the Lord's day. Hallelujah. Amen. You better know the difference. This is why you cannot go in the word one day and go back in the word 20, 40 more days. You got to stay in the word. So here is Jesus. Jesus, after his temptation, being full of the spirit. Now the Bible says from that time, Jesus began, catch it, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's when Jesus started his ministry. Once Jesus was equipped for ministry. Some of us are not equipped to go out and do what the Lord is sending us to do. So we got to be equipped. We have to be taught. We have to be followers. We have to be learners. We have to be disciples. You can, God has an order. He has a pattern. He has a way of doing things. All of us is not John the Baptist. All of us is not Paul. One thing I can say about John the Baptist and about Paul, John stayed in the wilderness. He stayed before the Lord. He was already full of what needed to be given to him for him to draw them to the Father. Some of us think we don't need to come into the house of God to be taught. We think I know everything. Nobody don't pride sit down because you're going to fall. Because it's outside of the word of God. This is not the way God does things. So then we see in the word, y'all, I'm going to keep it going. Let's see who can keep their eyes open. I'm going to keep it going. Because see, the devil don't want you to hear this. Because some of us think, I'm in the place I need to be. You don't have to tell me nothing. Pride, sit down. Some of us think that we know the word and you misquoting the word because you don't know what it's saying in Greek. You just reading it and the spirit ain't revealed it to you. You just took it and you added to it. He said, don't add to it. Don't take away from it. This is why you got to study to show yourself approved. A workman that rightly divides the word of truth. Then you're going to be in alignment with what the word is saying and not what your flesh is saying because you feel good about what you found in the word. If that ain't what it says, I'm not agreeing with it. There is power. So guess what happened? The first thing that Jesus did, he preached, he proclaimed. He said, repent. Have a change of heart. Have a change of mind because the kingdom of God of heaven is at hand. Jesus was bringing the kingdom. So he's going to teach his followers about the king. He's going to teach them the way of the kingdom this is what a disciple does a disciple teach them the way of the kingdom the way God want things to be done and this is what he did first he began to preach he began to proclaim and then what the word says you cannot make nobody disciple or bring nobody to Jesus Christ without proclaiming and preaching the gospel 
without telling them about what Jesus done, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. There's no way. So you must preach, you must proclaim. Then it said, and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, Andrew his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. Now they were fishermen, so that means that they had a job, did they not? They were working. Look what Jesus said. Then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know what Jesus was saying? Follow me and I'll make you disciples. That's what he was saying. Follow me and I will make. Who's going to make them disciples? Jesus. Who's going to make them disciples? He said, follow me. So what did they have to do? They had to follow him. They had to be willing He bought in the truth. He bought in the gospel. He bought in the good news about the kingdom. Now he was telling them, it's up to you based on what you heard. Faith come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. So based on what you heard, follow me. And I will make you disciples of men. Let's say that again. Because for some reason we got this twisted. Some people are following people because they can make them money. It's about making disciples, not about my name is Jimmy Gimme. Because now you see seeing most people in the house of God trying to take from the people of God. That's not how you do things. Because if you teach them in the way of God, their hearts are going to turn towards God. And you don't have to beg for nothing. They're going to give from their heart. You don't have to threaten them that their refrigerator is going to break down. Or they're going to be sick and die if they don't pay their tithes. Only thing you got to do is make disciples. And their heart will be open to give. You don't make nobody. Jesus said, follow me. And I'll make you fishermen of men. I will make you disciples. Guess what the Bible said they did? Immediately. Immediately. They left their nets. And followed him. Y'all. Think about this. They had a job. They were fishermen. I'm thinking that's how they make their money. What y'all think? That's their bread. That's, that's their way of living. What you think, Sister Nice? Right? How many, when they hear the good news, but see, the problem is, Some people ain't heard it. Because for what they heard, it changed them. It turned their hearts from the world unto God. They immediately left what they were doing, their occupations, immediately. They left their father. The Bible tells us, if you love father or mother more than me, if you love what? Family. I just say family, paraphrasing it, more than me. You can't follow me. Come on, we can stop right there for the day. Because some of us put family before we put God, but still calling on God, but don't want to let go of family. He said, you got to trust me enough with family to know who I am, to let them go, to know that I am who I say I am. You can't do what I have already done for your family. You can't save your family. You can't hear already done it. 
So you got to be willing. They were willing. The first step in being a disciple is willing to let go of you. Me? Let go of me? Lose interest in me? Lose interest in what I want? My desires and follow Jesus? I'll just get saved. I'll be a convert. Because right now, I'm just getting to know me. And I love me. And me ain't ready to let go of what me want to do. Now, I accept Jesus, but it's going to take time. I can't let go of my job. I can't let go of my family. No, sorry, buddy. I don't know him like that to let go. That's okay. God still love you. But the Bible say immediately. Then Jesus went on and was two more brothers that was with Zebedee, which was James and John. In the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them and immediately they left the boat and left their father and followed him. Why is, G, why is this put in the word? Because this is what a disciple does. A disciple don't put no one ahead of God. God is first and foremost. And I know some people say, come on, how are you going to do that? The more you spend time with God, you rolling everybody over to him. You rolling everybody over to them and say, God, here they are. God, I'm here to do what you have called me to do. I'm here to be a follower and a learner and a pupil of Jesus Christ. I'm ready to be taught. Teach me. So this is what they did. They left everything. You got to be willing. He said, if you're going to follow me and take up that cross, you got to deny. I'm going to read exactly what the scripture says. You got to deny your who? No, you ain't got to deny yourself. Mark eight thirty four expanded version said, Then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his followers. The followers were his disciples, believers. He said, If people, anyone wants to follow me, they must give up the things they want. If you are not ready to give up things you want for Jesus, then that means those things are more important than he is. Deny themselves, set aside their own interests. They must be willing even to give up their lives to take up the cross and follow me. A cross represents what? Crucifixion. That means it's not about me. It's all about him. And one thing that we have to understand when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to God, God is not going to fail us. God is not going to leave us nor forsake us. Come on, y'all. I come off of my job. Left everything to follow Jesus. See, he was teaching me how to be a disciple. Didn't know then like I know now. When he was telling me, I want you to come off your job. I didn't do it immediately. I'm like, oh, no. I still got stuff I got to pay off. Now, God, now Now I'm telling God what I got to do. But when I got in a place to say, God, you more important than this job. You more important than the things that I think this job can bring me. When I really see everybody ain't called to come off no job. Because you don't want to let go of yourself. I had to deny myself. I had to lose interest in what I wanted. I wanted a lot of things, y'all. I mean, I went after a Cadillac for years on my job. I wanted a Cadillac. Even put it on the refrigerator. That's my car. That's my car. Just calling those things that be not as though they were. It seemed like there was never no money working on a job to get a Cadillac. So I'm like, okay, God, 
But the day I resigned from that job, the day I laid down my life to really follow him and to trust him, now God is saying, Cadillac, how in the world? I said, first of all, God, you know how in the classroom you're a pupil. Me, 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 me. Ask me, God. Ask. God, answer this. How do you expect me to get a Cadillac now? First of all, they demoted me. They took half of my salary. God, I'm still trying to figure out how to eat up in this house. God, I'm still trying to figure out some things. So how do you expect me to get a Cadillac? The thing with God was saying, I ain't expecting you to do nothing. I'm expecting you to trust me. Well, what I'm telling you to do. So this is how funny God is. Me and my husband riding around minding our business. And I believe a Cadillac was sitting over there on the lot. We pulled up in there. No intentions of getting no Cadillac. Drove the Cadillac. Y'all off the job. This is the only man working. Had bills going everywhere. And I'm saying, okay, God, I'm going to fill out for this Cadillac. Filled out for the Cadillac. Drove the Cadillac home. And I said, the God be the glory. Hallelujah anyhow. Come on, because God said you trusted me. You didn't trust what you have. You had to come down off your high horse thinking it was you taking care of you and it was me all along. Now I'm giving you a Cadillac on $8 an hour instead of 13 Who does that? Oh, y'all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of y'all are waiting on some things, but you're waiting on your overtime. You're waiting on what your check, your check ain't did it yet. When is it going to do it? Hello, somebody. Come on, to be a disciple, your trust got to be in him and not in your wallet. Oh, they're calling me and oh, they're calling me and I see green. Got to go, got to go. You ain't got nothing to drive in just know the Lord will provide. And got stuck. Because you doing it. I'm going back, y'all. If you want to follow me, you got to get over you. You got to get over how you trying to make it. And you got to trust God and say, God, my trust is in you. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Come on, people think that me and my husband have been taking money from people to get where we are. We ain't took nothing. We just trust God. I don't think I have asked any of y'all. I don't think I have called you and said, look, your tithes is more than $2. I know it. And you know it. And it's been several years and I only seen two dollars. Now come on now, my car got to be paid for. I don't think that's happening up in here. I don't think I'm watching your income taxes. And saying, how many churn you got? One potato, two potato, three potato, and more. So I think Honey, we're going to have a Merry Christmas. They got enough youngins to buy us a car. So when they pay their tithes, we mad. I know you got more than that. Now you need to bring that money. I don't think we've done none of that. We never have. We never will. Why? Y'all better hear what I'm saying. I'm talking about discipleship. 
I'm talking about being a true disciple. I'm talking about a a disciple that have laid down their life for him and him alone. And don't worry about what people say or what people think. Y'all wouldn't know if we didn't have no money because I'm going to still give glory to God. Come on. Some people that don't have money, they look sick. They look like I ain't going to make it. My daddy wouldn't even know if I ain't have no money. Because I'm going to still give God glory and say, God, you called me to this. He had to raise me up in discipleship to trust him and what we have and not put our trust in man. Because don't y'all know man will fool you? Come on, somebody can be paying you some big bucks and all of a sudden they decide, well, we don't want to be a part of your ministry. Oh, God, go find them. Please beg them to come back. Please, y'all don't know how much they've been paying up in here. Do what you want in here. Fornicate. Keep keep hitting your wife. Knock out if you have to. I'll pray for it. Just bring back the money. This is happening in some places. Because people are more concerned about the money than they are the people. Because when you trust in God and somebody leave, hey, you got a ram in the bush. God, you got a ram in the bush. So it's trusting God. So Jesus called these disciples. Jesus called disciples first, y'all, followers of Jesus. And Jesus wasn't begging them to follow him. He just preached. He proclaimed. They followed Jesus. Jesus began to teach them. Then he began to teach them the Beatitudes. They were being taught. Jesus had a lot of disciples around him. A lot of disciples. But he prayed and he chose the 12 apostles of the Lamb. See, this is why we need to know what the word is saying. Everybody was, they were what? Disciples. A disciple lays down his life. A disciple know that his life is not his own. Now I'm talking to all of you. Don't, don't be clueless up in here. All of us supposed to be disciples. But if you want to stay at a convert, a convert is just somebody that's saved and not doing what Jesus was doing. That's what a convert is. We know what Jesus done. He healed. He delivered. He set free. We know that Jesus took two fish, five loaves of bread, and he multiplied it because he trusted God. Everything that he done, he put his trust in God. I only do what I see the father do. That was his testimony. This is what we supposed to be doing. We supposed to be followers of Jesus if we're disciples. Everything he done, that's what we supposed to do. Am I knocking evangelism? No, I'm not knocking evangelism, but we got to go further than just getting somebody saved. Okay, how do I do that? You just don't introduce them to the church. When you introduce them to you, you introducing them to the kingdom. This is why you have the gifts of the spirit. This is why the word of knowledge come out of your mouth and you telling them something that's presently happening. And then they're saying they're seeing discipleship. They got to see you as being a follower. They they do not need to see you being like the world. You're supposed to be different from the world. You don't supposed to be still listening to Snoop Doggy Doggy Dog. You don't supposed to be listening to all the worldly stuff. You don't supposed to be coming down the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you Jesus. No you just got saved but you're not a follower. Because everything's supposed to change. 
Oh, let me, let me, let me go there. You don't supposed to get people to see you, hear you, and be attached to you. Because it's not about you. Your picture don't supposed to be all over Facebook and say, hey, it's me. Y'all see me? ain't about you. No. It's not about you. It's all about him. Everything we do, we're supposed to do it unto him. This is why the Bible tells us, Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And now the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God. Y'all, this is deep and we're going to keep it going because God said, where are my disciples? Where are my followers? Where are my learners? Because when we follow Jesus, we don't just say we do. I don't say that I'm rich. I live a life to let people know that I have what I need. I don't have to be a millionaire, but I'm looking like one. Come on. I'm, come on because he's rich in mercy, isn't he? God has given us everything that we need, y'all. And when we go out, people supposed to know what kingdom we're from. Because I'm not trying to store up like the world is storing up. I'm only doing what I need to do while I'm here on this earth. And a disciple loves one another. When you are a disciple, you're supposed to love one another. You don't supposed to hate. You don't supposed to be offended. Hello? Those are things you're supposed to get rid of. You don't supposed to have no art. You don't supposed to be stuck on your high horse and can't come down. Come on, we don't have no Nebuchadnezzar's up in here. We don't supposed to be doing those things. We're supposed to love just like he loved because we have the love of God shed abroad in our heart through the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to forgive just like he has forgiven. We don't supposed to hold a grudge for 20 years and smile in people's face. We're supposed to go to our brother and sister if we have art against them. I don't throw you out there to the wolves and haven't come to you first. Hello, somebody. If you're a disciple, you do exactly what the word tells you to do. No more and no less. Because we are his disciples. We're supposed to represent him. Everything we do, we're supposed to do it unto the Lord. Come on, look at these disciples that became apostles in the Bible. When they became apostles, when they were going around setting up the church, teaching the word of God, putting elders and stuff in the churches, look what they had. They had the widows out there. When those widows was being neglected, when they came to them, they said, go find me seven. Seven, the disciples, they come through the disciples. Why were they picking through the disciples? Because those disciples was learners and followers of Jesus Christ. It was full of the Holy Ghost. It was full of faith. And those were servants, which is known as deacons. So they found seven of them to take care of that business. So they would not have to come out of the word and prayer. That's how it's supposed to be. You don't just go get a deacon off the street because he's a millionaire and set him in, in the church and have him to tell you what to do and don't know Jesus for himself. Well, you ain't going to preach that. Yes, sir, master. And if you don't preach what we say, we're going to go elect another. Deacons do not run the church. That's out of order. That's not the way God intended for things to be. We do not elect people by how much money they got. 
of what they're riding in. We do it according to the word of God. Come on, and that's how we're going to line up Miracle Temple this year. Everything's going to be in alignment with the word of God. If you are not a true follower of Jesus Christ, uh, you cannot share in, participate in what God is doing because that's how isms and schisms are in the body of Christ. How's isms and schisms really in the body of Christ? Because you got people that are converts and you got people that are disciples. And converts is just stopped here and doing things of the, the world's way and saying they're saved. Come on, y'all, look all over. What do you see people doing? In and out of clubs and then having prayer lines on Facebook. Come on. Still hanging with the crowd, out there dancing on the floor and then saying, let me tell you what God done for me. If we're going to be true disciples, we need to be true disciples. We need to be followers of Jesus Christ. We need to do it his way and his way alone. When we miss it, guess what we do? We repent. A true disciple, again, is going to repent, is going to turn from their way of doing and turn back to God's way of doing and being. We want to follow what the word of God is saying. We want to lose everything that we're trying. And we want to allow God to do what he needs to do. I want to say this. Sometimes you get tried even before you begin to come before the people. My husband is my witness. I got up this morning and couldn't even walk on this leg. Couldn't move my foot. I got out the bed. I just said, God, I give you glory. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Y'all notice I got on my heels, right? Actually, I was going to put on my bedroom and say, excuse my bedrooms, but my foot. No. So I went over there in the building, and I was over there in the building, and I was coming out the building, and I was dragging. My husband said, come here. He grabbed my foot, and he began to pray for my foot. And I said, thank you, Lord. I'm still healed. I'm the healed of the Lord. Got up there in the office, couldn't even move my foot again. Praise and worship. I was still trying to do it. And I do it. The pain was coming in my foot. I said, no. God, that ain't what you said. God, that's not what you said. That's not what you said. And I'm not going on how my foot is feeling. God said, quit focusing on your foot. He said, take focus off of your foot and put focus on me. So I began to focus. Let me tell you something. God, don't lie. But if we don't trust him and do what he says, how are we going to know he's God? If we don't step out in faith on what God is saying, how do we know that he who he say he is? Now we step out. Don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong because all of us sometimes we take painkillers. More than painkillers. Fentanyl. What do they call it? Fentanyl. Prozac. Prozac. Whatever you call it. Whatever. <laughs> we grab it because the pain is so intense. We got to get something to calm it down, to shut it. Come on, let's just be honest. God don't hate you because you do that. Because you want to live, you know, get through the pain, right? But God wants us to trust him, y'all. And to be a disciple. See, when you teach something, you got to go on what you're teaching. You, I could have just set me a chair up here and said, I'm still teaching, praise Jesus. 
But I'm trusting him. Because he's still God. He's still God. And guess what my God did? He came off the throne and came in me. Made residence in me. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead has quickened my mortal body, y'all. Has made alive my mortal body. The same spirit, the life that's in Christ have freed me from the law of sin and death, y'all. So when we know these things, we got to step out in these things. And we got to do what the word of God says. Do we miss it sometimes? Yes, Lord, I miss it sometimes. But I said, that's a lie. I'm not going on that lie. God, I got to go on what you say. To be a disciple, you're going to go through persecution because the word of God tells me In the book of Luke, it says that Jesus was persecuted. When Jesus went forth and he proclaimed, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. Jesus knew that God's power was upon him and what God anointed him to do. Do you know that God's power is upon you and what he has anointed you to do? Do we walk past people that's walking crooked and just walk past them instead of saying, God can heal you today? Do you want to be here? That's a disciple. Do we stop and say, I just want to encourage you today. I just want to give you what the Lord wants you to have today. You're going to make it. You're going to succeed in every area of your life. The devil is a liar. God is who he say he is. We don't have to start out and say, is you saved? No, we just start out with our test. I need to share something with you today. So we make disciples. And not converts. When we evangelize. We go out. And we give testimony. That's being a disciple. Of what God done for you. And when you begin to tell people what God done for you. They say can he do it for me? Yes he can. He already have. The only thing that's standing between you and God is you. Because Jesus already paid the price. And it's death, burial, and resurrection. You don't have to live the same life you've been living. Because the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God don't see you. He see his son. So no matter what you've been doing, God don't look at you. He look at his son. The only thing he wants you to do is accept what his son has done for you. It ain't about you. It's about his son. When we minister that way, we will get more disciples. But when you're ministering, say you low down, no good. Mm. You've been no good all your life. You've been just like your daddy and like your mama. He, your mama was this and your daddy was that. Now look at you. You a little trumpet. Trumpet. That ain't Jesus. This is why when you stay full of the word. And when you begin to open your mouth. God is going to fill your mouth with him. So miracle temple deliverance ministries where miracles happen and where Christ lives in us. It is time to make disciples and we are going to start discipleship classes because it's time out for saying, oh, how you know Jesus and love Jesus. He said in his word, if you are my disciple, 
The way you continue to be his disciple is to remain and abide in his word and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. You have to continue in his word. That's how you know a true disciple. They're doing what the word of God is telling them to do and you ain't holding stuff. A true disciple will let go and let God. We're here for one another. I want disciples, not converts. I want disciples and not converts. I want the ones that's going to grow up in Christ and not just stopping at being saved. Because people should see growth in your life. Things should change. You, you shouldn't want to do the same thing. You shouldn't want to hang with the same people. Your no should be no for the world and yes for God. This is what he wants. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Can we have the announcements at this time? And with all of that being said, is there anyone? Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.